Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree together as touching this and asking you for exact utterance for tonight and for ears to hear and eyes that see and a heart that understands. Let there come a supply of the Spirit. Let there come answers and direction. Lord, we, we pray let your Spirit move among the people as the service progresses and your holy angels to work and, and everything done, said and done, that you would have said and done. And we'll give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. Amen. We'll tell everybody you did it. And Lord, we'll purpose right now to not be hearers only, but to be doers of what you show us and tell us. And we know when we do, we will be blessed because you always watch over your word and perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Thanks for, for waiting. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thank you, Lord. That verse goes on to say, um, and he, uh, he ministers through us the fragrance of victory. Did you know you, you smell like life and you smell like victory in the spirit? You smell good. Hallelujah. Would you go to the book of John, please? Gospel account of John and the second chapter. I've got some things on my heart to minister that are uh, a little different than how I've done it before. Maybe get into some things that I hadn't quite got into that much before. Could, would you believe with me for that? Uh, before I get into it and let this other get away from my mind, we did bring some materials, uh, CDs and DVDs and music and that kind of thing. And because of the goodness of the Lord and our, our uh, word senders, they're available to you at no charge. After the service, you can go and, and uh, receive some of that. And if you would, just take like one item per person and that way they'll go further and if you want more, you can contact the ministry or go online, download everything we got, uh, no charge. And like we say around Branson there, no charge means no excuse <laughs> for not knowing it, not getting it. Not ha you can't say I couldn't afford it, right? So uh, <laughs> how many word senders I got in here? You're a partner. Oh, praise God. Well, uh, that's wonderful. And um, Brother Mark was talking about the Sarasota Church. Man, that's... That thing is miraculous now. It, it is finishing up at high speed. There's people all over that place. Uh, were anybody able to find out or with us online uh, during a week of increase and saw what the Lord did on the air conditioning project? Man, glory. That's the quickest project we've ever had. I barely had time to introduce it to everybody, and it was just done. And uh, they had been telling us that it would take an additional like six, six weeks from now to get the steel and to put those big heavy air handlers and units on top of the building. And it is done. We got the steel and they've already got it on top of the building. Hallelujah. Six weeks ahead of schedule. And uh, the money's already there, you know, to pay for all of it. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> 
Glory to God. So uh, we do invite everybody to come visit us down in sunny. Y'all got sunny California. Well, got, Florida's got sunny too. So, <laughs> so we'll be uh, uh, officially invite you to come visit us for a, a meeting and check out what the Lord has done. Did you find John chapter 2? John chapter 2. You know the story, if you're familiar with the scripture, that this is a record of the beginning of the miracles in Jesus' ministry. Um, some apocryphal writings will tell stories about Jesus performing miracles as a little child, healing little play friends, raising a little bird from the dead. Don't you believe it? It's not true. Because uh, Jesus, uh, he operated as a man, uh, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so that's one reason why that would, wouldn't be right. The, the first miracle happened after he was baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit came on him. Amen. Then you begin to see the miracles happen, yeah. right? And you see this, the Bible said the beginning of miracles he did, that's what it calls it. So how many believe the Bible's right? If it says the beginning, that's what it is. Then it says right here in the turning of water to wine. And just one thing I want you to note about this, uh, his mother brought to his attention that they were out of wine. And um, he didn't respond to do anything immediately. And she just turned and, and looked at the, the guys around, verse 2, the servants, his mother said to the servants, Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Yeah. Say that out loud. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. Say that again. Whatever he says to you, do it. Say it one more time. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, just moments after that, he told them, go fill the water pots with water. And what'd they do? They did it. And what happened? Miraculous, the water was turned into wine. So this is the key to miracles. It's so simple, a three-year-old could understand it. And yet the enemy will try to help you to miss it. Hmm? What's the key to having miracles then and now? Whatever he says to you, do it. <laughs> Let's go over it again real slow <laughs> to make sure we know. Because this is important. Miracles. Miracles. How do you explain water turning into wine? That's miraculous. That's a manifestation of the power of God. That's like, I mean, if that could happen, something could be changed uh, on a, an atomic molecular level in a moment of time. One thing changed into something else, then a cancerous liver could be changed into a healthy liver. Huh? I mean, uh, a disease of the blood could be changed into clean, healthy blood cells, right? A diseased heart could become a different heart. By the same price, I mean, if water can turn into wine, a lot of other stuff can happen. And how did it happen? Help me, friends. How did it happen? <laughs> Whatever 
He says to you, do it. Do it. Now, I know that sounds simple, but folks are missing it. Right, left, front, and back. And we want to get into this as to one of the big reasons why even people of God are not following through and seeing some of the things they could and should be seeing. Why aren't, why aren't people hearing him and doing what he said to do? That's real simple. If people are hearing him and doing what he said, you won't have to ask about it. There'll be miracles Amen. happening in their life. Amen. Amen. It'll be obvious. Things will be happening for them. Amen. And if things are not happening for people, then they're not hearing him or not doing what they're hearing him. Amen. One of the big problems that exist in the lives of many Christians is this question. If something came to them to do, is that God? Or is that just me? Or, and if you're not sure about it being God, then you're not going to boldly act on it and do it. And if you don't boldly act on it and do it, you're not going to have a miracle. That's right. That's right. And if you're wavering and wondering and then you procrastinate and then time passes and nothing happens and you get more confused and then you wonder why this didn't happen or that didn't happen and more confused, this exists entirely too much in the body of Christ. And it's not supposed to. You don't have to be that way. And even if you've been that way a long time, you can change. I want to get into some things tonight and tomorrow as the, as the Lord would help us. Some truths in the Word of God that if you do them, you can become crystal clear on what the Lord is saying to you and that it's Him. Amen. Are you interested in this, friends? Amen. This is not hype. This is not my opinion or theory. We're going to give you scripture after scripture after scripture. If you do it, you can become crystal clear that this is the Lord. Amen. Would you like that? Yes. One of the most important things you could ever learn. I became convinced as a teenager that if I could hear from the Lord, I had it made. Amen. Because I already made up my mind, I was going to do whatever he told me to do. Amen. And I, and I just was sure if I do what he told me to do, I'd be okay. Amen. Right? Things, right. Good things would happen for me. Right. right? My life would go right. Amen. But that's the first step is hearing from him and being confident that it is him. Amen. Why are there so many Christians so confused about what's God? And what's not? You see Christians follow error, follow things that are wrong and deception and believe stuff is God that's got nothing to do with God. That's contrary to the Bible. How can that be? Well, we're going to get into that. But I'm assuring you right now that the Lord has the answer. Do you believe that? And he put it in his word. And he did not intend for us to be confused. Amen. How many know the scripture said God is not the author of confusion? Is that right? Actually, the word author is added by the translators in italics. It literally just says God is not in confusion. Amen. He's not in it. <laughs> He's the God of peace. Hallelujah. 
peace and clarity. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Can you sense the Spirit of God wanting to minister this to you already? Do you want it? Go with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians. Then we're believing God together for it to come out, for us to see it, for us to hear it, and the truth will make you free. Free from confusion. Free from cloudiness. Free from hindrances. 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. Verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You might say, what's that got to do with the other? (laughs) Hang on, we'll see. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? What's the answer to those questions? None. None. And what concord has Christ with Belial? A name for the devil. The answer is none. Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel, somebody that doesn't believe? None. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. For you are the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, that means in light of that, because of that, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, this wasn't written in chapter and verse, so keep reading. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness. Now, we may not have emphasized holiness as much as we should have in these recent years and times. Uh, People have gotten ideas about what holiness is. And many have decided it was what somebody else implied that it was, that uh, amounted to lists of rules and do's and don'ts. And folks in their effort to try to get away from that, and they called it legalism, and they called it bondage. And like a lot of times, people get out of one ditch, and if they don't uh, get the steering wheel back pretty quick, you'll go all the way across the road, right? (laughs) And get in the other ditch. And I think a lot of folks have wound up in the other ditch because there hasn't been a knowledge and an understanding or a desire in the area of holiness like it should be. Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. made this statement one time. It's one of the best definitions I've heard. He said, uh, holiness is Christ-likeness. That's what holiness is. 
being like the master. He is holy. Can you say amen? Amen. Do you want to be like him? Do you desire to be like him? Then when you hear the word holy, you don't want it to have any negative connotation. You You want it to be something you desire. Right? Something that when you hear it, your initial response is, I want to embrace that. I want, I want more of that. I want to grow in that. Now, we are washed and made acceptable to God, not by our efforts, but by the blood of the Lamb. Right? So what does this mean here? Chapter 7 and verse 1, you know all the scriptures have to agree. So how does, how does this work out with us already being cleansed by the blood? Read it again. Chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, do what? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. A lot of times folks will read these scriptures and it just kind of goes over their head and they think, yeah, I'm sure that's fine and amazing some way, but <laughs> they don't know how it fits them or, or affects them. And most of the time when people hear the word holy, um, they, they figure, well, you know, he is and I ain't. <laughs> and there's no way I could be holy like God. Or people go all the way across the road and go, well, he has made me holy by what he has done. And that's true. And that's got nothing to do with what I do. And so it doesn't make any difference what I do. (laughs) He's made me holy by his blood. And so my works, what I do or don't do, has got nothing to do with it. But how many know all the scriptures have to agree? Being sanctified by the blood is true. And that we have been cleansed by the blood, not the blood plus our efforts. But this is also true. Isn't it? And whether we understand how it all works together or not, it's true. And there's just a whole lot that we haven't got light on yet. And and when you grow up and you get more light and something that seemed like it didn't agree, you know, you, you hear these folks. You know, they're they're so foolish to say, well, you know, the Bible, how can it be an inspired book? It it, it, uh, disagrees with itself. (laughs) Well, they they think entirely too much of their intellect. They They are scrutinizing the holy word that the Bible said has been purified by God himself. <laughs> to their little mind, and they're saying, because I don't understand this and this, it can't be right. Well, no, you just found another thing you don't understand. <laughs> All you proved is you don't understand something. <laughs> if you heard Brother Hagin talk about some of his experiences that he had, one of the visions that he had, he said where he saw the Lord. And the Lord said something to him, and he he said, after asking him two or three times, he said, Lord, if there's anything, he said, I've read the New Testament through 150 plus times. If there's anything in there like that, I don't know it. He said, the Lord smiled and said, son, there's a lot in there you don't know. <laughs> How many think that'd be true? There's a lot in here we haven't seen. But let's have enough sense. If it looks like it contradicts or doesn't agree, it's not something wrong with the book. It's something wrong with our understanding. That's right. That's right. Amen. <laughs> 
And when you get enlightened, it'll all, you go, oh, well, of course, yeah, sure, that's what it means. Why didn't I see that before? Not something wrong with the word, something wrong with the way you're seeing it. Well, he said, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, 12th chapter. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 and verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14 says, follow peace with all men and what? Holiness. Holiness. Now, follow has to do with pursuing it. Be after it. Follow peace and follow, pursue holiness without which... No man shall see the Lord. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any uh, man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Now, defiled is the opposite of holy. Holy means clean. That's one of the best basic words I know to describe it. Uh, yes, it means separated, but with the idea of separated from what is unclean and contaminated. And he said, we read in Second Corinthians, you know, uh, come out from among them, be separate. The word separate has to do, let me see, I, I wrote it down. It means to set off by a boundary. When something is separated, it's set, up, it's set apart from something else by a boundary, a partition, a wall. And holiness has to do with being like the master, being Christ-like. And Jesus was tempted in all points just like us, except he didn't sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to the temptation. Even the most holy saint of God, man or woman of God, has found thoughts and feelings in their mind and about their person that were not good. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or something's wrong with you. Just recognize where they come from and don't yield to them. And certainly don't act on them. Resist them. Resist them. I heard a fellow say this one time. I thought it was outstanding example. He was up on a super, super high skyscraper. And he stepped out on the balcony and his little bitty rail and looked over. And man, it was so high. could barely see the little cars and people. And this thought came to him. Why don't you just jump? Why don't you just, thought came to him, why don't you just jump? And he just turned his head and said, you jump, I'm not. <laughs> and I thought, that's excellent. That's excellent. Why? Because he identified that this is not coming from inside him. This is coming from outside. This is from the enemy. See, the enemy is all too successful in bringing thoughts and feelings to people and then convincing them they originated in them 
and then trying to accuse them for the thoughts and feelings he brought to them. He is a sneaky, sorry cuss. Isn't he? Man, I'm not going to shed a tear when he gets what's coming to him. Are you? Evil. But what he'll do, a lot of people bless their hearts if they'd, uh, if they'd done this kind of thing. They'd have stood up there and gripped the rail. Yeah. And thought, uh, you know, why am I thinking about jumping? And oh man, you do that, the devil is right there to help you with the answer. <laughs> he will say, because you're suicidal. <laughs> no. Well, why are you thinking about jumping? No. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> no, just because a thought or a feeling comes, it doesn't mean you have done anything wrong. Did you hear me? The enemy can bring all kind of thoughts and suggestions and feeling, feelings, and they're real. But when you know it's not right and you know it's, not, it's against the word, it's against what's right and what's clean and what's good, just say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to mess my life up. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Just resist it and go on down the road and don't let him play with you about this or deceive you. Can you say amen? Separate means to set off by a boundary. And Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he did not sin. That means there are lines he would not cross. Did you hear me, friends? There were lines he would not cross. We have examples of the enemy tempting him in the wilderness, don't we? And he said, if you be the son of God, you know, turn these stones into bread. He would, he would not cross that line. No. He took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world a moment of time and said, if you'll bow down and worship me, all this will be yours. He said, it's written, you'll worship the Lord your God and him only will you serve. In other words, he is not, he is not crossing this line. You see, we live in a world where even amongst believers, the lines have gotten fuzzy. <laughs> hmm? And uh, people go, well, you know, is that a sin? I don't know if it's, if it's really a sin or if it's a big sin. <laughs> and so the question comes about what is sin? And, and people, denominations and groups have whole books and lists published on what's Sin and what's a sin you can get by with and what's a sin you'll go to hell for, right? And, and categories of sins. <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, confused about, man, I don't know. Has the list changed? Uh, <laughs> because it has. Some lists have changed. Some things that were counted a, a sin and a terrible sin years ago have been modified. <laughs> Times have changed. <laughs> Go with me to the book of James, please. <laughs> 
James. And let's look in uh, the fourth chapter. James 4. A lot of you know this, but let's look at it with our eyes. It's not just what you know. It's what you act on. In James 4, and down about verse uh, 17, last verse, he says, Therefore, to him that knows, everybody say knows. To him that knows to do good, and what? Doeth it not. Now let's back up right here. What's the key to miracles? <laughs> Whatever he says to you, do it. You do that, you get a miracle. What if you know what he says for you to do and you don't do it? Not only do you don't get a miracle, but you sin. Right? To him that knows to do good, and doeth it not. No, read, say the, the next two words. To him. to him. Why would you say to him? Why wouldn't it just be sin? To him. This is an eye opener. Didn't just say it was sin. To him. It is sin. Read it out loud. To him that knows to do good. Does it not? To him. It is sin. Why? Because sin. Is not somebody's list. It's not what some group of. Uh, theologians have gotten together and agree on. Sin. Is violation. Of light. Sin is violation of light. That's just another way of saying this. Light is what you see. It's what you know. And if you see it and you know it, and you go crosswise of what you see and know, to you, it's sin. Can you see this, friends? And go with me to Romans, please, the 14th chapter. Romans chapter 14. This whole chapter has to do with a, a debate and a discussion that was going on about whether it was wrong to eat food that was offered to idols or whether since there is no such thing as another God besides God, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and there was a, a, the Spirit of God through Paul gave them answers. And it wasn't uh, just black and white, that's a sin. He began to talk to them in the 14th chapter about people being weak in faith and not judging. And he went on down to uh, verse uh, 22, said, do you have faith? Have it to yourself. Before God. 
Uh, we are not all at the same place in what we see, are we? Which is one of the reasons we are commanded not to judge. We are commanded not to judge for numerous reasons, one of the biggest of which is if you judge, you will be judged with the same judgment you judge. But one reason is because we are completely unqualified to judge. Because how do you know whether a person has sinned or not until you know what they see? And I'm not talking about what you could observe outside, what they see on the inside. Only God knows that. Right? And it's why it can appear that some people seem to get away with a lot of stuff and other people don't get away with anything. And you think, well, that don't seem right to me. Yeah, but God sees the heart. He knows what people know. And He knows what they don't. And that's what He's going by. Man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord sees the heart. Now He said, Happy is he that condemns not himself... Say that out loud, condemns not himself. himself. So who would be condemning him? He is condemning himself. Keep that in mind, we'll come back to that later. He's condemning himself in the thing which he is allowing. And he that doubts is damned, that's damned is the same word as condemned, if he eats, because he eats not of faith... Because for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Why? Well, how does faith come? Anybody know? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Not a mechanical hearing. Not the sound of words bouncing off your eardrums. If you, if you look it up in the original, it's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Christ. It's what it literally says. Christ is anointed. Faith comes by hearing anointed word. Amen. And the anointing causes you to see. We have an unction of the Holy One and anointing, and that anointing causes us to see. That's why you could have read something 40 times, and somebody come by and preach with an anointing on it, and you go, I see that. Why didn't I see that before? I see that. Well, it wasn't the man or the woman that caused you to see it. It was the anointing that caused you to see it. Can you say amen? amen? The anointing caused you to see it. And when the anointing causes you to see it, faith comes. Amen. When the light comes, faith comes. Amen. You can't have faith till you see it. Amen. That's why if you try sharing scriptures with somebody and they're not familiar with it and they're not seeing it and you wonder, why don't they just jump in faith? Well, they got to see it first. Amen. And you, we should already know this. I mean, there's... Uh, numerous things we didn't see the first year, second year, third year, right? right. We just right. didn't see it. That's right. And we, you know, honestly didn't see it. And the good thing about God is He knows exactly what everybody sees and what they don't see. And He is merciful to you when you don't see. Amen. I said He's merciful yeah. Yeah. to you when you don't see. You want to see some of the best news you've ever seen in your life about this? Go to First John 1. 
1 John 1. Now we're talking about what sin is, but we said he's merciful. In 1 John 1, I'm happy about this tonight. This is, this is more than just a little bit of milk here. We're, we're, we're getting off into a little bit of stuff here. All right. 1 John 1, verse 9, you know this, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, you couldn't confess it unless you knew it. Hmm? And the fact that you knew it is why you sinned to start with, because you knew it and didn't do it. Huh? (laughs) That's what sin is. Sin, uh, Romans says, sin is transgression of the law. Well, uh, the scripture also says the law is light. So it's transgression of light. And where there is no law, there's no transgression, so there's no sin. Have you read that in Romans? Sixth chapter, study it out sometimes. If there's no transgression, there's no sin. If there's no law, there's no law to transgress. So there's no sin. It has to do with the light that you have. And here he says in verse seven, verse 9, if you confess it, well, you'd have to know it to confess it. Then God will forgive you and cleanse you. But verse 7 deals with what you don't know. Verse 7 says, if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, this is doing what you know. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Cleanseth is present tense continuum. There's a lot we don't see. There's a lot we haven't seen yet. Anybody been walking with the Lord long enough to to have gone through some changes and improvements? And you look back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you were doing some dumb stuff that you shouldn't have been doing. Right? But at the time, you really didn't see it. Well, how could God bless you back then with sin in your life? Because it wasn't sin to you. You didn't see it. And since you were walking in the light that you had, the blood of Jesus was cleansing you from all the stuff you didn't know about. And that's happening right now today too. Now, if you get more light and you see it and know it, well, that's where verse nine comes in. Confess, right? You got to confess what you know and repent. But verse seven Oh, it isn't it a marvelous word? Yeah. Verse if we will walk in the light we have. Yeah. If you know don't do it, then you don't do it. If you know do it, then you do it. Amen. If you walk in the light that you have, that's all any of us can do. Right. Is walk in the light we have. That's all you can do. Because if you don't know, you don't know. But if you're walking in the light you, that you have. You have unhindered and full fellowship between you and the Father. Yeah. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, which is why I said the Father, cleanses, continuous cleansing of all the stuff we don't see yet. From all sin. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, elsewise the Lord would, he wouldn't have no, uh, ha, he would have no legal right to bless us until we were walking in full light and not making mistakes. And that's just not happening on this side, Jim. We, we're, we're, even the Apostle Paul said we, we know in part. And it's a part you don't know that's problematic. Huh? Uh, go with me. You're here in First John, so go on over to the third chapter. Chapter three. Chapter three. Let me read a few scriptures to you. Verse 2. Beloved, now are you the sons of God. Right now. Not later on when you get to heaven. Right now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him, what does he do? Purifies himself, even as he is Pure. And the same word translated pure is translated clean. We just got through reading in chapter 7, cleanses himself, purifies himself. Whosoever committeth sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And the law, see until God gave the law, you have to try to go, go back in your mind to the darkness that existed. When God gave the law, people were burning their children to pieces of rocks and doing the most awful things. And, and the, the law that God gave so perfectly demonstrated what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's evil, what's clean, what's unclean. And until people had the law, what are they going to use to decide what's right and what's not? People did all kind of stuff. And the law brought light. But without the grace of the Lord Jesus, people were unable to keep the law. But now notice, keep reading. It says, uh, you, sin is the transgression of the law. Verse 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. He never violated light. Jesus never violated what he knew. He never went crosswise. He never failed to do what he knew to do. Never. His whole life. And he didn't do it as God. He didn't do it with any unfair advantage over us. He did it just like we can do it. Now, you know, people would try to say, well, that's impossible. To go your whole life. And never fail to do what you know to do. It's not impossible. Jesus proved it could be done. That's right. And he's the standard by which we're going to be judged. That's right. sure 
And nobody can say, it can't be done. I couldn't help it. The Father will point to Jesus. Amen. He did it. And you might say, well, Brother Keith, it's too late. I've messed it. Well, I have too. But it's not too late because by the blood of the Lamb, Amen. you're cleansed as though you had never missed it. Come on, are you listening? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Even if we knowingly violate light and sin, if we'll confess that. Now, that, that doesn't mean make excuses. You don't play around confessing. It doesn't mean you go, well, I, they said I missed it. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I, I tried to get them to help me, and they wouldn't help me. And, and there was this, and there was that. You're not confessing anything. You've got to take responsibility and say, I knew better, and I didn't do it. Yeah, amen. That's right. Confess it. Admit it. Ask God to forgive you. Amen. If you're not acknowledging anything, there's nothing to be asking for forgiveness for. If you couldn't help it, you shouldn't be expected to repent. It's not your fault. Truth is, it is your fault. <laughs> be a man. Be a woman. Step up. Say, I did it. Why'd you do it? Dumb. <laughs> Flesh. Huh? Admit it. Call sin, sin. The, the proverb said, if you'll confess and forsake it, you'll get mercy. But if you try to hide it, you cannot prosper. Hiding and playing games. How many know you cannot con God? Right, right. <laughs> you, you might con grandma and your neighbors and your spouse, but you can't turn on the tears and come to God and go, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. I couldn't help it. I just, it just happened. It just, I don't know what was going on. And then boom, it just happened. <laughs> He's not buying it. He sees right through everything. He knows exactly what you knew and what you didn't know. He knows. And the problem is people are so used to playing games and conning people till they try to do it with God. And, and, and we're getting into the answers of what we started with. Remember what the scripture said in Hebrews? Without holiness, no man will what? See God. See the Lord. Well, now a lot of people have interpreted that as going to heaven. He didn't say going to heaven. It can include that. But what did he say? See him. And what we're going to get into is that this holiness is directly connected to clarity. If you want to get clear... You got to get clean. <laughs> if you're going to stay dirty, you're going to stay dull. Are y'all with me? If you're going to stay contaminated, you're going to stay confused. I said, if you want to get clear, you got to be clean. Amen. And it's the area that he's talking about. Not cleansing yourself to make you acceptable to God. The blood does that. But these verses we just got through reading, chapter 7 in 2 Corinthians, and then hear about purifying yourself. That's what he's talking about. Simple as this. Do what you know. Amen. Do what you know. Um, we're off to a good start here, huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> getting different looks across the crowd, but just, just hang in, hang in. <laughs> Don't take my word for any of it. Search it out right here. Uh, first John, let's keep going. Uh, let's see, uh, for time's sake, skip on down to 19. It says, hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Does that sound like clarity? You know and you're assured. Your heart is assured or sure. Assured and sure. Talking about the same thing. Scripture talks about boldness frequently. And boldness has to do not with putting on something, but you're bold in God because you know. You're bold, true boldness, real godly boldness. It's, it's not, you know, trying to be pushy. It's you are so confident because you are so sure. And so you don't play around and you don't waver around and you don't mumble around. You know, I, I, I don't know all the roads around here. And so if I pull up and stop and ask somebody, how do I get to such and such? You know, and they go, well, let's see. Uh, if you go over here to the right and you take that street and you go down about a mile and, and you go left and now is it right? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and mama and I, and I, uh, and going down there by another half mile, and there's a big old tree right there, I think. And and then there's a there's a station there. Uh, not bold, why? Not sure. But if you talk to somebody, and they go, "Oh yeah, you go 2.3 miles and hang a right, and it's the first exit right there." And they go, "Is that it? That's it." Amen. You sure? Yeah. I, I drove to work over there for 20 years. I mean, so what's the way I go? You go boom, boom, boom. Amen. That's bold. Yeah. Amen. Why are they so bold? Because they're, sure. they're so sure. Amen. They're so sure because they know. And that's the key to miracles we've already seen. If you hear, go fill the water pots up with water, and you're sure you heard right, and you're sure it's him who told you, and you boldly go do it, you get a miracle. Amen. But if you hear it and you go, now was that God or <laughs> was that me? Is that the devil trying to trip me up, trying to fool me? Uh, why would he tell me to fill a water pot? What in the world has I got to do with party supplies? <laughs> I got stuff to do here at the party. I'm out there goofing around with the water pot. <laughs> See, if you're not sure, then you're open to reasoning and wavering and wandering and confusion. And if you're not sure and you don't know, you're probably not going to step out. And if you do, you're certainly not going to be bold. I remember one of the first uh, 
financial miracles the Lord worked in, in for, for me and Phyllis. Sounds simple, but man, looking back now, I can see a whole string of wonderful miracles that came out of it. But at the time, I was first year uh, Rama, Brother Hay, Kenneth Hagin's ministry, and uh, we didn't have uh, much money, or we stayed in a little rough apartment in a rough part of town, and I had two pair of slacks, and, and uh, my shoes were shot, but I didn't have money. I, I'm, I'm, I need gas to get back and forth, and, and so I learned how to believe God. So we, Phyllis and I joined and agreed and believed for some shoe money. And so, uh, man, I, I received, and this is a number of years ago, I received $50 in the mail, cash, and they said, just felt like you needed something. So here, and I thought, glory to God. And back then, you know, $50 would buy a pretty good little pair of shoes and uh, dress shoes I'm talking about. And man, I was excited. So I got my money and I went to school and I'm going to uh, prayer and healing school in the afternoon. And after that, I'm going to go to the mall, get me a new pair of dress shoes. And boy, that day, I prayed good, brother. Man, I, I, I had the victory, man, and the money. And uh, so prayer school went by and healing school came and had a guest speaker there that uh, afternoon. He'd been there a couple of days. Young man, not too much older than myself. And he was doing a good job. And, and uh but, but while I was praying, this is before the service started, I'm in the floor praying, and the thought came to my mind uh, that that young man, he, this, these words came to me, he's believing me for a pair of brown shoes, specific. Now we're talking about clarity, aren't we? He's believing, that thought came, I don't mean I heard a voice, it came up out of my insides to my mind. But now see, when a thought comes to your mind, you've got to decide where did that come from? Yeah. Right. Who is that? Amen. What is that? Because you know you can't just act on every thought that crosses your mind. Amen. So the thought came to me strong. He's believing me, this young preacher, for a pair of brown shoes. I thought, well, Lord, I, I, I'll believe with him. You know, because I know what you did for me. And I know if you took care of my shoes, you'll take... What are you laughing about? <laughs> I mean, I ain't had decent shoes for months. I got the money in my pocket. In just the two hours, I'm going to leave the malls right down the road there. <laughs> so I'm praying and it came back up to me. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. I thought, well, praise God, good. I mean, I'll believe with him. Uh, yes, sir. In fact, I'll pray about it right now. Lord, I just set my faith in agreement with him. <laughs> so I prayed a few minutes more, and it came up to me again. He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sow your shoe money to him. And and you won't want for shoes. I'll bless you with shoes. Amen. I was quiet for a few minutes. <laughs> and then I thought, that's the devil. That's, the devil is trying to trick me. So I've been standing believing God for shoe money for months. I got my shoe money. God gave me my shoe money, and the devil's trying to steal my shoe money. 
sorry, devil. So I, I rebuked and bound the devil for a couple of minutes there. I bound him up real good. <laughs> a few minutes later, still praying, I got quite, what do you think came up? He's believing me for a pair of brown shoes. Sow him your shoe money, and you won't want for shoes. Yeah, exactly. Whatever he says. Key to miracles. Right? Key to miracles. Whatever he says to you, do it. That's right. I laid there in the floor, supposed to be praying, and I thought, Now, see, here's the thing. We're talking about confusion, muddiness, fuzziness, uncertainty. Why are so many Christians so unsure? Because right now what I'm talking about, if I say this isn't God and I don't act on it, and part of me doesn't want it to be God, because if I, if I admit this is God, there's really only one thing left to do. Huh? <laughs> but when you don't want to do something, your mind can go through mental gymnastics trying to explain why this is not God. Because if we can decide it's not God, don't have to do it. <laughs> But here's the problem. If I this afternoon, if I say this is not God, and then tomorrow afternoon, the Lord's trying to save my life and checking me, don't go there, don't do this. Well, now this is the same something I said yesterday wasn't God. Did you hear me, friends? Can you see why Christians are so confused? Because thing after thing that was God, they didn't want to do it. So they, just, they tried to say it's not God. And when you say that's not God, well then tomorrow when he speaks to you about something else, or you're wanting to hear him in another area, and he tries to speak to you, well that's the voice you said wasn't God. Are y'all with me, friends? That is the cause of the muddiness. And the complexity and the confusion. It shouldn't be. If a person, from the day they get born again, if everything they saw and knew in their spirit, they wouldn't override it or they wouldn't ignore it and they would do it, they would stay crystal clear their whole life. Which is how Jesus operated. Jesus, you never, you never see him going to the disciples going, boys, y'all pray. I got something, but I'm not sure whether it's God or not. And I'm going to have to figure this thing. Never, never, never. He would say, I got to go over here and I got to go do this and I'm going to do that. He was sure, sure. And he's not operating as God. He's operating as a man. Just exactly how we should operate. But he operated with crystal clarity. He said, I do always those things that please him. 
I, uh, I lay there for a few minutes. I thought, now wait a minute, wait a minute. This is the same witness, the same whatever that I said directed me to come to Ramah. This is the same, and I kept going over there. I said, besides that, you know, since when is the devil trying to put new shoes on preachers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm laying there and I'm thinking, but, but then this crossed my mind. I thought, well, you know, I saw his shoes. And they look pretty good to me. <laughs> In fact, they look like, you know, they're, they're worth about five times what I ever paid for a pair of shoes. I mean, he's got skins. Oh, a little wore out leather, you know. But that's got nothing to do with it. And whether he needed it or not has nothing to do with it. Are y'all with me, friends? Tell me the only thing that matters. The only thing. Did the Lord, is he directing me to do this? That's all that matters. I don't need to know, don't have to know anything else. And if I know he told me to do it, that's all that should matter to me, and I should get to doing it. Amen. Amen. Well, I, and see, these are tests. You have to pass these faith and obedience tests, or you won't go very far with God. That's true. And uh, I said, uh, Lord, I forgive me, you know, for binding the devil a while ago. Uh, <laughs> I know this is you, I, and, and I'll, I'll, I will gladly. Sold my shoe money to him, and, and I thank you for taking care of me. And, and uh, so uh, the service started, and I'm sitting there about the first or second row, and of course I noticed his shoes, and they looked real good. And, and, uh, but then I said, that's got nothing to do with it, you know. And so I, uh, uh, and then you're going to think, well, you know, well, how much longer are you going to have to wear these doggy shoes, you know? And that's got nothing to do with it. Amen. I said, that's got nothing to do with it. The Lord told me He'd take care of me. Amen. Yeah. That should be enough for me. Yes. Right? If I have faith in Him, that should be enough for me. Amen. So, uh, after the service, I went up uh, to Him and I said, could I speak to you just a moment? And He said, yeah. And I said, uh, I want to see, you know, am I, am I hearing right? And, and uh, I said, well, um, this one simple question. I said, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? He said, say that again. And I thought, well, I'm a student. I thought, uh-oh, you know, he's going to tell the office that I'm nuts and, and I'm going to get in trouble. I said, um, I, I just said, are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? He said, stay right there, stay right there. I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to tell somebody now. <laughs> Do you all know you all got a crazy Roma student? He's over bugging me, thinks he's heard from God, you know. So I just stood there. He went and got his wife. He brought her over. He said, tell her what you told me. I said, well, I just want to know. Are you believing God for a pair of brown shoes? She threw her hands up and shouted. She said, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It wasn't me just three or four hours ago. That's when I was laying on the floor rebuking the devil. <laughs> we joined hands. And he needs a pair of brown shoes. And we asked the Lord and agreed for a pair of brown dress shoes. Amen. 
I said, well, praise God. I said, here's some money towards them. And I pulled out my $50 and I, I handed it to them. And they prayed over it. And, and I left. Moneyless. <laughs> shoeless. But I felt like I was walking about that high off the ground. Because I had heard from the Lord. I heard from Him. And it was right. Yeah. Brown shoes, brother. Brown. <laughs> and I went a few more weeks without shoes, but not long after that I got a nicer pair, and not long after that I got another pair, and then for months, I mean, just once in a while, somebody, people more than once to come and say, here, take my credit card and go buy a pair of shoes, and don't get the cheap ones, now get the nice ones, get the skins. The exotic, let's say, get the exotic skin, that's what they told me. And, and, and a pair of alligator shoes would just show up in the mail. Crocodile, ostrich, just show up in the mail. I'm telling you. And people might look at them and go, wonder how much that preacher's, boy, them look like expensive shoes. They are. Wonder how much you paid for them. Nothing. A whole bunch of them, Nothing. Wouldn't really matter if I had, but, you know, thank God, if you can hear from God, you can have miracles. But can you see what we're talking about of this issue of the struggle that goes on within? And this is where people have become cloudy and confused by going the wrong way and deciding something wasn't God. And not acting on it. And you do that over and over again. You will get dull. And confused. And clouded. All but good news. No matter how dull you become. You can reverse the process. You can stop doing that. And you can get crystal clear. You can get clearer than you've ever been. Are you listening to me saints? You can get clearer and surer than you've ever been. Read this right here. Keep going. He said, 1 John 3, he said, if our heart condemn us, uh, God is, verse 20, God's greater than our heart and he knows all things. Let me go over verse 19 again, not move too quick here. We know that we are of the truth. Everybody say no. No. And shall assure our hearts before him. That's assurance. Verse 20, if our heart condemn us, if what's condemning us? Now, see, we saw that already about condemning yourself. People use a phrase that's incorrect and unscriptural. You hear people talk about, boy, I went to that service, you know, and the Holy Spirit really condemned me about some things. No, He didn't. No, He didn't. The Holy Spirit convicts you, convinces you of what's true and right. And if you've done something wrong, if you violated light... Your own heart condemns you. That's not the Holy Spirit condemning you. He's not the condemning spirit. The, say it out loud. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts. convicts. That's the word, same meaning as convince. He will convince you, if you'll let him, of what's right. What's God, what's good, what's not. And in the light of what he's showing you, if you've missed it, come short of it, your own heart will smite you. 
But that's not God condemning you. That's you, your own heart. In fact, I found that even when my own heart was condemning me, the Holy Spirit would comfort me. He is the comforter, not the condemner. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, did he? Keep reading. He said, if our heart condemn us, God's greater than our heart, and he knows all things. So anything you know, you know he knows. And he knows what you know. Right? That's why it's so foolish to run from God or try to hide from God when you've messed up and made a mistake and try to act like maybe, maybe he didn't notice. <laughs> and people get so used to doing that with people, playing games with people and pretending they didn't know and hiding stuff. They just get into that vein and they, do it, they try to do it with God. Totally vain and futile to try. Because all things are open and naked before the eyes with him we, with whom we have to do. Just foolishness. You, if you see it and you know you messed up, run straight to him. He already knows. He already sees. Run straight to him. Lay your heart bare and go, God, I, I did it. You know it. And, and I, I want you to know I know it. And I admit it. I ask you to forgive me. What did the Bible say? He will forgive you. And he will cleanse you. Glory to God. Cleanse you. Clean. That's like he didn't do it. That's like before you did it. Clean you from all unrighteousness. He said, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we what? You hear these words? Assure, know, confident. Does that sound like clarity to you? Does that something that calls you to be bold, to do what he told you to do? Why? Because you know it's him. And you're sure. And you're confident. And how, when are you going to have confidence toward God? If, if, somebody say if. Yeah. If your heart is not condemning you. If your heart's bothering you because of something you know you shouldn't be doing, then it's going to, you're going to be confused about what's God. You're not going to have confidence and you're not going to be clear. And this is, one of the many reasons why the enemy is always trying to tempt us. It's not just so he can say, ha ha, I got you to sin. Much more to it than that. If he can get you to do things you know better than to do. He has in essence defused the power of God in your life. Because condemnation undermines confidence. You can't have confidence when you're condemned. Right? And no confidence means no faith. And if you don't mix faith with the anointing or the power, there's no manifestation. Nothing happens. And there are many, many, many Christians in that condition. But the good news is no matter how long you've been that way, it can change tonight. It can change tonight. You, you can say, that's it. I'm through messing around and doing stuff I know I ought not be doing and not doing what I know I should be. I'm going to quit it. I'm going to get it straight tonight. And immediately clarity will begin to come into your soul and into your spirit and your mind. I'm telling you, conditions, mental and physical conditions that have been diagnosed, problems with the brain, chemical imbalances, Darkness, they are just physical indicators of spiritual things. 
And th- these kind of things can be healed. Yeah. Yeah. I said they can be healed yeah. and they can be healed quickly. Amen. Come on, if God can turn water into wine, yeah. Yeah. why can't he clear up your little head? Yeah. Right. Amen. If you feel like, well, man, I've just been in a fog. Everything's been so, it's so hard to concentrate and it's so hard to this and that. You are a child of God. You are not supposed to be that way. Amen. Right. And sometimes the drugs people take to deal with it cause more problems than the original problems. And you got all that compounded. You don't have to live like that. Fuzzy headed, you know, can't half cope or, or make it through life. No, you have been given the spirit of God, not the spirit of fear. The spirit of power, love, soundness. Soundness. Soundness of my it's yours. Jesus bought and paid for it. You're not supposed to stumble through life in a mental fog. Somebody say, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. Keith is going to be sharp his whole life. I don't care if I live to be 150. I will be sharper now, then, than I am now. I will never lose my mind. Never. It's part of the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I would someone say, oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, then you're not safe from it. Amen. We're talking about confidence. Why am I bold to talk like that? Because I'm sure. I'm sure of what the Word has told me. How many remember the the 91st Psalm? You believe in the 91st Psalm? What David said, a thousand may fall over here, ten thousand over here. It won't happen to me. It won't touch me. It won't touch me. Well, who does he think he is talking like that? He knows something. And if you know it, you talk the same way. And if you don't talk the same way, you don't know it. See, all this wavering, vacillation and ambiguity is the result of not obeying God. And people have developed a whole life, well, you know, there's different opinions about these things. People like to think it's a sign of intelligence that they're so complex. It just means you're confused. Don't know what's what. He is the comforter, That's right. not the condemner. That's right. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, That's right. did he? No. Keep reading. He said, if our heart condemn us, God's greater than our heart and he knows all things. So anything you know, you know he knows. And he knows what you know, right? That's why it's so foolish to run from God or try to hide from God. When you've messed up and made a mistake. And try to act like maybe, maybe he didn't notice. <laughs> 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 
And people get so used to doing that with people, playing games with people, and pretending they didn't know and hiding stuff. They just get into that vein, and they do it. They try to do it with God. Totally vain and futile to try, because all things are open and naked before the eyes with Him, with whom we have to do. Just foolishness. You, if you see it, you know you messed up. Run straight to Him. He already knows. He already sees. Run straight to him. Lay your heart bare and go, God, I, I did it. You know it. And, and I, I want you to know I know it. And I admit it. I ask you to forgive me. What did the Bible say? He will forgive you. And he will cleanse you. Glory to God. Cleanse you. Clean. That's like he didn't do it. That's like before you did it. Clean you from all unrighteousness. He said, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not... Then have we what? You hear these words, assure, know, confidence. Does that sound like clarity to you? Does that something that caused you to be bold, to do what he told you to do? Why? Because you know it's him. And you're sure. And you're confident. And how, when are you going to have confidence toward God? If, if, somebody say if. If your heart is not condemning you. If your heart's bothering you because of something you know you shouldn't be doing, then it's going to, you're going to be confused about what's God. You're not going to have confidence and you're not going to be clear. And this is one of the many reasons why the enemy is always trying to tempt us. It's not just so he can say, ha ha, I got you to sin. Much more to it than that. If he can get you to do things you know better than to do. He has, in essence, defused the power of God in your life. Because condemnation undermines confidence. You can't have confidence when you're condemned. Right? And no confidence means no faith. And if you don't mix faith with the anointing or the power, there's no manifestation. Nothing happens. And there are many, many, many Christians in that condition. But the good news is no matter how long you've been that way, it can change tonight. It can change tonight. You you can say, that's it. I'm through messing around and doing stuff I know I ought not be doing and not doing what I know I should be. I'm going to quit it. I'm going to get it straight tonight. And immediately clarity will begin to come into your soul and into your spirit and your mind. I'm telling you, conditions, mental and physical conditions that have been diagnosed, problems with the brain, chemical imbalances, Darkness, they are just physical indicators of spiritual things. And these kind of things can be healed. I said they can be healed and they can be healed quickly. Come on, if God can turn water into wine, why can't he clear up your little head? If you feel like, well, man, I've just been in a fog. Everything's been so, it's so hard to concentrate and it's so hard to this and that. You are a child of God. You are not supposed to be that way. Amen. And sometimes the drugs people take to deal with it cause more problems than the original problems. And you got all that compounded. You don't have to live like that. Fuzzy headed, you know, can't have cope or, or make it through life. No, you have been given the spirit of God, yeah. not the spirit yeah. of fear, That's right. the spirit of power, yeah. love, yeah. soundness, yeah. 
soundness, soundness of mind. It's yours. Jesus bought and paid for it. You're not supposed to stumble through life in a mental fog. Somebody say, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind. Keith is going to be sharp his whole life. I don't care if I live to be 150. I will be sharper now, then, than I am now. I will never lose my mind. Never. It's part of the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. I would someone say, oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, then you're not safe from it. Amen. We're talking about confidence. Why am I bold to talk like that? Because I'm sure. I'm sure of what the Word has told me. How many remember the, the 91st Psalm? You believe in the 91st Psalm? What David said, a thousand may fall over here, ten thousand over here. It won't happen to me. It won't touch me. It won't touch me. Well, who does he think he is talking like that? He knows something. And if you know it, you talk the same way. And if you don't talk the same way, you don't know it. See, all this wavering, vacillation and ambiguity is the result of not obeying God. And people have developed a whole life, well, you know, there's different opinions about these things. People like to think it's a sign of intelligence that they're so complex. That just means you're confused. Don't know what's what. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then what happens to us? We have confidence. It sounds like somebody could have a miracle. We have confidence toward God. Keep reading. Keep reading. And whatsoever we ask, we get it. That's right. Thank you. Amen. Get rid of the confusion. That's right. Get full of confidence. Amen. You get your prayers answered. Amen. Whatever you ask. You get it. Why? Why? Because whatever he says to you, you do it. Isn't that another way of saying that? You keep his commandments, you do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Whatever he says to you, you do it. And not just 50% of the time. Every time you know it's him, you do it. Every time. Someone say every time. Every time. Every time. Go to Romans, please. Second chapter. Can you take some more? Thank you, Lord. Boy, we've already gone a while, haven't we? Wow. Ooh. Should we break off and come back? Or, huh? Take a little bit more? Let's take a little bit more and then, can you come back tomorrow night? Because you know we're not done. You need to come back. (laughs) Romans 
Let's go to chapter 9, and then we'll come back to chapter 2. Romans chapter 9. Romans 9, 1. He said, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. Now, lying is one of the most obvious violations of light. Isn't it? Because if you're lying, it means you know what you're saying is not right. You know it. So are you sinning? There's no question about it. It, Lying is one of the most devilish things you could ever do. And you think about what, if you're trying to use your relationship with somebody to deceive them, that's just exactly what the devil does. If you're trying to, you know, they're looking at you going, really, really? And you go, yeah, 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 trust me. And you know it's a lie. And you're trying to convince them of a lie because of their trust in you. That's betrayal. That's a traitor. It's devilish. You need to make up your mind. You despise and hate lies. And you will not be a partner to one no matter what. No matter what it costs you. I don't care if it costs you a job. If it costs you people wanting to be around you. You don't lie. Period. Ever. Are y'all with me friends? If you you don't get this. Then you you can't act on what we're talking about. Because if you're lying. You're violating light. Right? Right? And you're confused because there's no way you're telling a lie and you're born again and the Spirit of God inside you is telling, not telling you, don't do that. That's right. He's, he's letting you know, do not do that. Yes, he, he was telling you before you started telling the lie, yes, do not tell that lie. That's right. That's right. But if you go on and do it and override the light you have, then now you are confusing your own spirit. Yeah. And you are violating your conscience. And your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Look in this ninth chapter, this first verse. What did he say? I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. The the Holy Ghost for the born again child of God. The Holy Ghost is in contact with your spirit and your conscience. And he lets you know all kind of things yes. through your spirit and your conscience is the voice of your spirit. He lets you know through your conscience. Yes. It is of the utmost importance that we keep a clear, clean conscience. Yes. Utmost importance. If you want to be used of God, if you want to experience the gifts of the Spirit, if you want to see miracles, if you want to have faith for your prayers to be answered and your bills to be paid, there is no other way. you got to get and keep a clear conscience. If your conscience is not clear, what's going to be happening to you? Your heart's going to be condemning you. Your conscience bothering you, another way of saying your heart's condemning you. And if that's the case, then you don't have any confidence. He said, I lie not. My conscience is bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Now go back to the second chapter of Romans and he describes in detail how this happens. 
The Lord has given us so much light in the Word. In uh, Romans 2, And verse 13, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. So there were people getting born again and getting filled with the Spirit that had worshipped Diana and all this other junk out there, and done all kind of stuff. And they got saved, they got filled with the Spirit, and they quit lying, and they quit stealing, and they quit all the the Ten Commandments. They didn't know the Ten Commandments, but they started uh, doing things that people that kept the Ten Commandments were doing. Why? He said, because it was in them. Can you see this? It was in them. Verse 15, and this was what was going on. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts. They didn't know the law in their head. But the work of the law. And what was the law? The law is light. And so what the law was given to do to give light. That work is in their hearts. And the way they, they made it practically applicable. Is the conscience. The voice of their heart. Bear witness and their thoughts would either accuse or excuse. This is the operation of the conscience. And for those born again, the Holy Spirit is co-witnessing. That's what the Greek literally means. C-O dash. Co-witnessing with we got somebody inside us besides us. Amen. Hallelujah. There's another person in you. And when something comes up, your thoughts will either accuse or excuse. Are you listening? Are you reading? Young's literal translation says it like this. They show the work of the law written in their heart. Their uh, conscience witnessing with them. That's what it literally means. Young's, you know, is the author of the Young's Concordance. Uh, Witnessing their conscience witnessing with. Say it out loud. Witnessing with. Witnessing Witnessing with. with. Witnessing with them and between one another the thoughts accusing or else defending. The Weiss translation says their conscience is bearing joint witness. Witness with, joint witness. We, a lot of folks have not been taught it. A lot of folks have not been taught it enough. And most everybody, whether taught it or not, has not paid enough attention to it. We are supposed to monitor our conscience. And we are supposed to heed it. When something bothers our conscience, we are not to say, well, you know, that's life, so you know, things bother. No, we are supposed to immediately do what is needed so that our conscience no longer bothers us. Amen. Yeah. That hasn't been taught enough, has it? We haven't right. focused and, 
emphasized enough. I mean, you got all kind of uh, uh, people of God, children of God, and, and, and they'll say, you know, well, yeah, you know, when that happened, that bothered me. And uh, why didn't you say and do something? Was, well, I just, I don't know. How long has that been? You know, five years. That kind of stuff accumulates. I said it accumulates and defiles and contaminates. When something bothers us, your mind will think one thing. Well, there's something inside you besides your mind. And the Holy Spirit, through your spirit, through your conscience, will either give your thought in your head a thumbs up or a thumbs down. (laughs) And you and I need to be monitoring that night and day. And when we think something and we get the thumbs down, it is not time to just rush on and, well, we've been planning this for six months, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and just rushing, blaring on through. It's why so many are so dull and confused. When something bothers our conscience, just a little bit, we're supposed to stop and go, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this? I, I'm sorry I said that to you. I shouldn't have said that. I, I apologize. Uh, you know, with that deal we did yesterday, I don't feel right about that. Um, I want to pay you some more money. Amen. <laughs> uh, why? Well, that's money. No, there's something much more valuable than money. It's your faith, your confidence. And it can't work with your heart bothering you. And you, you can't be bold and clear that this is God and this is not God. And you got all this conscience stuff going on. Are you with me, friends? Should, should we pay attention to the God who lives inside us? To the Holy Spirit. How does He communicate with us? He bears witness with our spirit. And our conscience is the voice of our spirit. We're not talking about hearing voices. You know what your conscience is? You've been living with it for a long time now. Right? You know when something bothers you. And if you want to hear from God and you want to have strong faith and you want to get miracles, you must have a tender heart, tender conscience. And if something bothers you, you will not allow it to go unfixed. You will do, do you remember what he said? Follow peace with all men and holiness. You remember, you remember reading that? And he talked about another place he said, as much as is possible lies with you, live peaceably with all men. That means some things you can't fix. People won't let you. But if you can, and if it's up to you, you will. You will not let your heart bother you. And you ignore it. And override it. For days and weeks and much. You will not allow it. Because you know it's too much on the line. No. I got to stay clear. So I can hear. Mm-hmm. Say it out loud. I got to stay clear. So I can hear. I don't know that I've ever said that before. <laughs> Stand on your feet, everybody. Singers and players, would you come? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Oh, Lord, we bless you. Let's just play something. Glory to God. Let's close our eyes and lift up our hands. Lift up our hearts to the Lord. Lord, we worship you. We exalt you. We extol you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Pray this prayer out loud after me. Then we're going to pray in the Spirit. And don't get in too big of a hurry. Wait just a few moments here. Say it out loud, Father God. I desire to please you. To do what is right. In your eyes. About everything. All the time. Forgive me. For any time. Every time. I ignored you. Went the wrong way. Overrode my conscience. I ask you to forgive me. And cleanse me from it. And show me anew. What you showed me before. Help me to be clear. And by your grace. I believe. I can stay clear. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just praise Him some. Praise Him. Praise Him in the Spirit. Tore koven mayana stala kovonung jule vidishni. Oh, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Pray this out loud. This is right out of one of the Psalms. Pray it out loud. Say, Oh, Lord. Create in me. A clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. I believe I receive it. I thank you for it. A clean heart and a right spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Oh, Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We glorify you. We praise you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother Mark. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, What a blessing.